2: Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia. You are already whole. All you need to do is look inside to reconnect the wholeness that's already there. It may be a difficult journey, but if you're dedicated to finding balance in your life and becoming that version of yourself that you want to be, then take those steps, either through meditation, You can go to therapy, you can go to ecstatic dance, yoga, whichever path you may take will lead you to that destination. And if psychedelics does call out to you, then you know who to come to.
0: You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi. I'm Sanaya Gurnamal and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello and welcome to this really cool conversation that I can't wait to share with you today. So if there's one area of New Age philosophy that I have not completely embraced, it would be shamanism. I haven't quite had the opportunity to learn too much about this practice, though trekking through the ruins of Machu Picchu and having my very first own ayahuasca experience is definitely high up on my bucket list. What am I talking about, you say? Well, let's start with a quote. The evangelist and mystic Terence McKenna said, the shaman is the figure at the beginning of human history that unites the doctor, the scientist, and the artist into a single notion of caregiving and creativity. In our history, shamans were the first physicians diagnosticians psychotherapists religious functionaries magicians performing artists and even storytellers the root of who i am today as a healer and a coach trace all the way back to the shamans who would use these alternate states of consciousness to enter the invisible world which is made up of all the unseen aspects of the world that actually affect us though we may not be aware of it And they did this in order to heal the individual or the community. Pretty interesting, right? Isn't that enough to warrant learning more about them? I think so. So I found my very own modern day version of a shaman in someone who I met recently. Ziggy Gonzalez is a social entrepreneur, eco-warrior, and in so many ways, a shaman. He's actually training to be one. I didn't even know that one could do that here in the midst of normal life in the Philippines. I've already had some really mind-altering, truth-bending, psychedelic, deep-dive conversations with him, and I can't wait to do another one with you listening in.
2: Welcome to the show, Ziggy. Hi, Sanaya. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here.
0: Well, I'm really excited to have this conversation, Ziki, because every time we talk, I come out of the conversation feeling feeling like, wow, that was really interesting. I want to know more. I want to try this. I want to try that. So, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because I think you're someone who can really make things simple. And I think you can shed a lot of light on something that to me, even I can't explain really
2: well. Well, I hope I'm able to do that for you.
0: Well, let's start with you telling me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about your upbringing. And let's start with that. And then let's see how you found your way into the whole shamanistic world.
2: Okay. Well, I'm the eldest of five kids. I spent about the first 10 years of my life uh, living in New York City with my family. They're very uh, Catholic backgrounds. So I went to a traditional Catholic school in the U.S., complete with the uniforms, the ties, was very standard for my family. We had the traditional Filipino cultures and values, but my mom wanted to make sure we had a um, good spiritual foundation which to build upon. Yeah, and then we moved here when I was about, we moved to the Philippines when I was about 10 years old. And that kind of reinforced that whole spiritual foundation in Catholicism. But I went to a Catholic school I became very active in holding retreats, specifically in high school, it was called Days with the Lord. And uh, that kind of uh, showed me a different way to approach Catholicism and how it relates to me personally. So that's kind of like my background for spirituality. My mom was very adamant that uh, we would go to church all the time. We would pray the rosary regularly. And she kept a very tight lid on the the cultural and traditions of Catholicism in the Philippines. So it was very, I think, restrictive before. But uh, as I got older, and actually after attending those retreats, I kind of started to see a different approach to spirituality. It started with a more fluid approach to Catholicism, where we were initially taught that God, the father is almighty, powerful being to be feared. And that retreat actually taught me that he can be your best friend. He can be somebody that's easy to relate to, not someone to be scared of, you know? So that kind of changed what I thought about Catholicism, but I still found a lot of the teachings very restrictive.
0: You know, Ziggy, I'm I'm gonna interject here because for me, you hit on something really important, which is for most of us in religion, and i want to say it doesn't matter what religion you're from because it's the common experience that we tend to view god as someone to be feared you know yes. and it's it's very it is as the word you used restrictive there's only kind of one way to experience god or we have to follow this the certain path or do certain actions to then become worthy of God's love. And that is something that I encountered in religion. And I went to a Catholic school as well. So I was exposed to a number of religions and found the same experience of God, which is that it it was very limiting. And there wasn't much flexibility. Another thing I want to point out from what you said already is, although you came from this very Catholic background, and have later gone on to explore shamanism, I do recognize that there's something very common between these two very different approaches to life and spirituality, which is both have a lot of ritual in it. And I like how you were talking about, you know, some of the different practices and rituals already in Catholicism. I think it is um, worthy for us to kind of take note of that as we venture into how you got into shamanism. All right, so go on. Tell me more.
2: So yeah, that basically, as I got older, I started thinking that there's got to be more to spirituality than Catholicism. I started looking up different religions. I actually did some research on Islam I did research on Buddhism, and I just tried to find what could resonate with me the most. And I felt that um, all these organized religions have the same base, which is you know love and uh, understanding and compassion. But because humans tend to color things to their own biases, I found that any of these teachings, when taken out of the original context, tended to be, again, restrictive and, to be honest, not very inclusive. So I found myself searching.
0: But Ziggy, did you feel guilty? Like I have some people I've talked to, students, clients, and initially some of them do experience like that guilt of like, I'm being disloyal to what my parents believe or how I've been raised. Was there that kind of, you know, am am I doing something that I'm allowed to do? Is this me sort of betraying everything I've been raised with? Did that come up for you as you started to search into other religions for answers?
2: I was a very rebellious child. So I don't think it was so much of guilt, but more of trying to find what mattered to me. But uh, what I tried to keep as a core was, how do I replicate good in the world? And I think that kind of like permeates into all religions. And I kind of thought that uh, as long as I am expanding positive ripples within the universe, I am still following the right path, even if it's not the one that's been taught to me. And surprisingly, my mom was very supportive. She was disappointed, but she didn't restrict me from exploring these different things.
0: That's amazing. You know, Ziggy, like it's something what my husband says all the time. He's like, as long as you're a good person and you know you're doing good, then there's nothing to actually feel guilty about or to second guess. Right? Because you know in your heart, you know, you are being the best person you can be. And that is really what it means to be connected to God, at least in his definition and and many of us who have explored the more spiritual path to life. Now, from that, from where you were, you started to move towards shamanism in particular, or like, how did you discover that this is the one? That really connected with you the most.
2: Ha, that's a funny story. So I have a friend from Hawaii, a surfing friend, and for years he was telling me about DMT, uh, dimethyltryptamine, which is the most powerful psychedelic on the planet, and it's present in most living things. And he kept trying to convince me that it had it would have a positive impact on me, and it was a very spiritual experience. So he would we would have a lot of discussions on spirituality on expanded states of consciousness. And it took him maybe two years to convince me to try it. Wow. Yes. And after experiencing DMT, that changed everything for me. That was one of the most profound experiences of my life, the first time to try it. It gives you such a sense of connectivity to everything alive. One of the biggest lessons that I came out of that experience was everything, it's like we're all living in a giant pond and anything we do is like we're throwing stones into the pond and creating ripple effects across the entire surface. And from that experience, I found out that like I need to add more good to this pond. Every ripple I need to make needs to reverberate across the surface and generate good. And that kind of started my journey In terms of shamanism, because he started discussing more alternatives to DMT, other approaches to expanded states of consciousness. So it was very eye-opening and I would say life-changing experience just because it made me feel spirituality in a way that I had never felt before.
0: You know, it's interesting. First of all, DMT, as I understand it, it's called like the molecule of consciousness. You know, it is also kind of the doorway to a different perspective of reality. Of course, I've never experienced it myself, and it is something that I have always wanted to experience. And I recognize also that as you, you know, went through that first experience, you went through a shamanistic journey, right? Because you went through an altered state of consciousness and went into that invisible world and had this completely different experience. And I gather now that you felt spirituality from what you're describing. It's like you experienced and you felt spirituality. Whereas many of us, we understand spirituality or we read about it. We learn about it. It's very conceptual, right? So when I started spirituality, I learned a lot of different techniques. I learned frameworks. I learned, you know, modalities. And so it was very mental. It was what I was kind of learning to then teach someone else or practice with someone else but the shamanistic way is to feel it and to experience it and to almost become it which actually sounds really really cool tell me more about that so you were exploring with your friend he was telling you more about the different ways and different kinds of experiences that you could have what what did you get out of all of that and what was it like
2: Wow, that's a very big question. Well, the experience itself is you really feel like your soul leaves your body. So from what I've learned about DMT is your brain actually produces this chemical on a regular basis, but in such small amounts that you really don't feel anything. And your liver also produces an enzyme that breaks it down so that it doesn't mess with your everyday life. But there are certain times in your life when your brain has a spike of DMT and you experience what I experienced, either through uh, actually when you're born and through near-death experience and when you're about to die, is when you have these massive spikes of DMT. Maybe which is why they're calling it the soul molecule or the spirit molecule because some people like to believe that it's when your soul is dropped into the vessel that is your body. Wow. Wow.
0: Super interesting. And then,
2: so... Well, yeah, and then um, I did that the first time. And then I had, it, I, it took a long time for the lessons to actually land. After I had done the DMT for the first time, it took me a few months and I started the, a nonprofit organization called Plastic Solution, which repurposes non-biodegradable trash into building materials because uh, one of the things that came to me during the experience was you need to help the planet. You need to help the community somehow, some way, in some form. And I had to figure out what that was for me in terms of uh, either the environment or helping other communities or even helping other people. So I slowly took me about a year or two to start integrating these learnings into my life just for connectedness to community. But there were also other things regarding, like my own personal healing, like wounds from my family, things I hadn't resolved with my parents, from things that I experienced as a child. Also, friction with my siblings, because five kids, there's five of us, it's a lot. Of course, and of there's course, a lot of uh, issues that come up that sometimes you're never really able to resolve. It's your your ego gets in the way, and I feel that in expanded states of consciousness, it really removes. That part of you, the ego, which protects you, which makes you think too much rather than feel and experience. So, a year or two after, he came back to the Philippines and we did DMT again. And then I started thinking there's got to be more than just this, there's got to be other ways, and there has to be some science behind it. And how can I maximize this experience to make me a better version of myself? So I started researching and exploring mushrooms in particular and how people were using it to help people with depression or with other mental issues. And it was basically a rabbit hole for me of uh, the possibilities of what can be done.
0: So you took the red pill, you went down the rabbit hole, right? And the rest was history, that kind of a thing.
2: The The rest was history, I think. It culminated about two years ago. I was dating somebody who was also very spiritual and she recommended to me that to be more intentional with taking these substances, to put an intent of what are you doing it for? Are you just doing it to have fun? Are you doing it to find out something about yourself? Are you doing it to connect to life in general? And so I started practicing that with friends without any training or background, until we came upon, she brought in a friend of hers who is also a practicing shaman or guide in the Philippines. And we did a full moon ritual. And we did a hape, which is a sacred shamanic snuff, which is blown through the nose. It's a purge medicine. It's meant to clear you of things that are blockages, like any traumatic blockages, loosen them up. So when you take any other substance thereafter, you're more open to the lessons that it can give you. So that experience was very different from the DMT. It wasn't as profound. It wasn't as deep. But the learnings after were much more powerful. There's a lot of things I realized about myself, like the way that I would react to my parents or the way that I would react to my siblings, how I would treat other people they would come bubbling up and it led to me thinking like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Because my friends would also attended that, that same ceremony. They started feeling changes in their life, but we couldn't, we couldn't pinpoint exactly what or yeah. how. And I wanted to do that in a more structured way. Not to say that the shaman wasn't structured, it just her method, every guide, because I don't like to call myself a shaman. I, I I like to say I'm a guide. Every guide has a different But um, you are secretly a shaman, aren't you?
0: I'm I'm gonna trying call to that be. out.
2: I'm trying to be, but uh, what I've read is that uh, if you haven't trained from birth in the indigenous culture of it, yeah. you really can't call yourself a real shaman. So a guide would be a, a, a better fit for a more for me, appropriate.
0: A more appropriate term. Having said said that, having said that, okay, I I totally respect what you're saying. And I understand, you know, that's how it is in our world. But I do believe anyone who is a guide is probably someone who's been a shaman in many lifetimes. Right? Which is why, I mean, right? You were already doing things that were very shamanistic in, in its philosophy. And that's actually my next question. But you already almost practicing shamanism you were living your life that way without even knowing much about it without being trained right and that's because you brought those skills and talents and abilities and i believe the knowledge from another lifetime which is why you are so attracted to it in this particular you know life so as much as you're going to see your guide like to me you are have been are born you know, with that shaman sort of energy. And that's what I, what I feel from you, which is why even without checking with you, I'm like, he's a shaman and he wants to be a shaman. And, you know, um, I kind of wrote that intro without even really checking. Is that really the case, Ziggy? Because that's how I understand you. But tell me, Ziggy, like what, what is the philosophy really, as you understand it? Wow. with with shamanism? What, it, what is the the perspective, the viewpoint? And I want to give you a little context for how I'm asking this question. So one of the okay. reasons that I never took to shamanism of all the different practices and techniques that I explored, because for me, it's really a loss of control. Like shamanism is a lot of surrender. It's a yes. lot of you have no idea what could happen in an experience. There's no way to control it. You know, you don't want to, you don't know what you're going to unleash. There was too much uncertainty. And I think that requires a lot of trust. Like you really have to be with someone that you feel safe with and someone you trust who can guide you and navigate the experience with you. And I think of all the people I've met, And granted, I have not made my way over to, you know, some of those communities and countries where there is a lot of presence of this kind of energy and practitioners, right? It's not like you're going to meet every day in Dubai a shaman, right? But I never found that person that I would feel safe or I could trust to take me through shamanistic experiences until I met you. Actually, the minute I met you, I was like, oh, this is someone I could totally feel safe you know, trusting to take me through an experience. So I didn't even consider, you know, until I made my way over to like, you know, the Amazonian rainforests or something like that some some day in my life. But today I'm like, oh, this is something I would actually go into. So talk to me a little bit about the philosophy, understanding that a lot of people might have the same perspective I do that, you know, it's just
1: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: little intimidating. Sounds a bit, you know, scary and, and almost weird. Break it down for us.
2: Well, as you, I think you mentioned earlier that shamanism is basically the oldest form of spirituality. Like in a lot of uh, archeological digs have found uses of psychedelic plants in many, many rituals. But I think for me, from how I understand it, it comes from the Siberian word meaning spiritual healer. Shaman comes from a Siberian word. And I think one of my friends who is also a shaman that I and I attended with I did some training with him he likes to say that a shaman is the one who swims in the problems of others he is a guide so the way i understand it from his explanation is that you're basically like a spiritual leader but you're also a healer you're also a community leader and shamans use expanded states of consciousness to be able to connect to the spiritual realm, your ancestors, to manage your relationships with yourself, with each other, with your environment. And these were done so that you could make more wiser decisions or more informed decisions that will affect the community, that will bring long-term health and happiness to the community. So shamans were really kind of like the glue to indigenous communities all around the world.
0: And that's why like they're Um, the medicine men or the medicine woman, right? That we sometimes hear about, or they were like the healers of the tribe or the community. And they would be the ones that had all the knowledge of the different herbs and plants, right?
2: Yes. Yes. But uh, it's not limited to just psychoactive plants and materials. They did drumming. They did ecstatic dance or whirling dervishes in some other cultures, They have movement, singing. So there's just many different ways to get into an expanded state of consciousness. But from what I've found is the most, well, the fastest way to break down the walls of your ego is really through having a psychedelic experience. And it's really about a lot of faith and surrender. If you're going to go into an experience like that, it's trusting that your psyche will only reveal to you what you can handle at that moment so if you if you have whatever trauma that you're going through your psyche will reveal that to you at that moment when you're ready to handle it if you're not ready to handle it it will reveal something much more manageable to you and i think that's really the fear and it becomes more of a scary experience when you resist so it's a lot about surrender and trust and faith
0: so you really have to have a sense of maturity, like a readiness to explore the unknown, right? Because a lot of people are like, oh, it's really cool. I want to do this. I want to have a psychedelic experience. And then they get there and they're like, wait a minute, you know, it's not what I expected. It's not what, what, you know, I'm not ready for this. And they panic. And I think that's when they might have some not so great experiences with it. Whereas I feel like if you're ready and you feel safe, then you can surrender and just give up to whatever needs to happen for you in that experience, knowing that, you know, it will give you what you came for. And I've had a lot yes. of friends actually, Ziggy, across across time. Yeah, a lot of friends from Dubai too, who would go off to, you know, trips where they would have some of these kinds of experiences. And I've had people like, I remember one of my friends said, he had you know some maybe not severe but he was pretty depressed it had been going on for quite a while and he you know had a like a psychedelic experience and he said if he felt like he had died you know and then he purged and like he purged just all this stuff like it was like he i mean i'm gonna be a little graphic but he like vomited all this like black you know and And he said, after that, it was like all the fear he had ever carried was gone. You know, like he just had released it. He purged it out. And when he came back from his experience, it was like he felt like a different person. You know, but it takes a lot of courage. You got to be really brave, yes. right? to put yes. yourself through that kind of an experience. I wonder if it's something men are more comfortable with than women. Most of the shamans that I've met. I know very few, but they're mostly men. And Mm. most of the people that I've talked to who've had the shamanistic type of experiences are males. So I wonder if it is something that men tend to gravitate more towards because of the whole like warrior energy and the whole I'm strong, I can take it. The whole like, I don't know if that's something. I mean, am I, I'm just taking a, I'm just throwing out what I feel in this conversation. I don't know if I'm right.
2: Any thoughts? Uh, That's interesting because in the Philippine context, the shamans or the babaylans were generally female. Like There Mm -hmm. were rarely any males. And if they were males, they were effeminate males. So in the Philippine context, it's the females who are pushing it. But I, I don't think it's limited to a gender. I do think that there's more trauma that happens for women in this world. And there's a lot more to deal with. There's a lot more fear. I think men have the upper hand in terms of not having as much trauma. So I would say that there is or Ziggy. fear.
0: Or Ziggy, men are less likely to want to be faced with their trauma, right? Or they like they're more likely to kind of hide it underneath.
2: Yes, that's also true. That's also my true. experience. Men do not yeah. deal with their emotions very well. And you yeah. need, I guess, people will know. You will search for it when you want to connect to yourself. Because everybody's intrinsically whole. You're never broken. You're always whole. But it's about reconnecting to the wholeness of you, which is what I think this the shamanic experience is. And many men, I, from what I've seen, is that they're not very connected to themselves. Right. And I think maybe that's why more men are drawn to it. I find that women are more, they look more at their internal landscape more than men.
0: They have more tolerance, you know, like I've seen a lot of women really take that healing journey. You know, they go through the process, they devote a lot of time, energy to it, whether they're reading books and taking classes, they're doing yoga, you know, they're kind of like really embracing the whole mind, body, energy philosophy And they stick with it. It's really a journey. Whereas it's like for men, they just seek the, they want the experience that's going to unblock or unlimit, you know, but the men that I have met who are dedicated to kind of this, you know, like you, right. They really go deep into it, right. They almost are way more committed sometimes than, than some of the women that I've worked with, but okay, I'm going to throw in a quote that I found It's by an author, Sandra Ingerman. She's a psychotherapist and a shamanic practitioner. And she said, shamanic journeying is the inner art of traveling to the invisible worlds beyond ordinary reality to retrieve information for change in any area of your life, from spirituality and health to work and relationships. So I know you talked about how through your experiences, you noticed that so many different areas of your life we're starting to transform. Okay. What would you say, Ziggy, have been your biggest realizations that have come from your experiences or, you know, the kind of work I would say you've done with shamanism?
2: Ah, uh, one of the biggest was probably self worth and where I would find my self worth. I realized I was a people pleaser. But I also realized I was an overly sensitive individual. I would be very reactive specifically to my family. Because growing up, when we moved to the Philippines, I was bullied quite a bit because I was different. You know, I wasn't speaking the language. The culture was also very different. And I would take that bullying home to my siblings. And my parents, not understanding the situation, would be punishing me. So... I think that created a little bit of uh, resentment within myself towards my family. And for me, the biggest lesson was really that they love me. You know, they just didn't understand and I shouldn't be taking that against them. And coming to grips with my triggers with them specifically, like I would be very reactive to my family. I probably was the most difficult person for my parents to deal with, even my siblings, until I started down this path. And um, it's been so freeing to be able to interact with them in a completely different capacity. It's really healed my relationships with them. And that's kind of bled into my relationships with my friends and, and other people. So that would be the biggest change in my life.
0: Amazing. I love that you were so self aware, you know, to understand that the bullying that you were doing at home was because you were being bullied. And that is actually something so relevant right now is there are all these bullying incidents, by the way, that are happening in schools all around us, some that yes. are causing quite a stir. And it's it's just that's it, right? Like it's like someone said to me once, hurt people, hurt people. You know, you're hurting and then you end up hurting other people. And in your case, your path has taken you to kind of take that responsibility and accountability, go through your own healing process and then change your relationships with the people around you. I mean, that's just beautiful. Now, Ziggy, are there specific practices or rituals that you have learned, um, shamanistic, that you have integrated into daily life? So aside from the healings you've experienced, are there things you have to keep doing? Or are there things that you do like doing that keeps you in this kind of space?
2: Ah, that's a good question. I'm gonna start with saying that the experience doesn't end after the medicine is out, out of you. What's really important is integration, which is being able to practice and bring into your life the lessons that that come out of these, uh, ex- these psychedelic experiences. And that goes on for a lifetime. For me personally, meditation works really well for me. I, I try to meditate Every day, when I'm not that busy, I try to integrate that. I also do uh, some breath work, Nauli Kriya and Wim Hof breath work. I find that it also puts me in a different expanded state of consciousness. Not as powerful as psychedelics, but still, it's able to bring me outside of myself. It's able to clear all the static and noise that's running in my Mm -hmm. head so I can really focus on what the real... Issue is or who the real me is. I mean am I being just reactive to a situation or am I really considering everything that's going around? That's for stillness. I would say that I also I prefer I like exercise. So exercise is a form of meditation for me, also. It's either yoga or hit workout. And I, I find those to be very centering for myself. And music. So I try to play music at least every day, if not every day, every other day, as a way of release or write, write music for that matter, write lyrics, just as a way to see what am I not addressing with my conscious mind? What within my subconscious is affecting how I interact with the world or how I think for that matter. So these are just things that I've kind of like slowly added on after each experience Journaling, not so much because my handwriting is atrocious, <laughs> but uh, I have there's other ways to record the realizations that you get from meditation or even these experiences. an audio clip that I might record on my phone, or I might do a really horrible drawing. I'm not the best at drawing, but uh, sometimes it's cathartic. so yeah. I think the release regular release of the subconscious thoughts that really we never take the time to address come out in all these different forms for me but for daily it's meditation and breath work and exercise.
0: You know Ziggy what I really appreciate about you is like you're this like normal in a good way you're like this normal guy that I would meet you know out at a bar with a friend you know, you'd someone I just meet anywhere here in in, I don't know, Makati, Poblacion, or like Salcedo, right? I just meet you there. And you know, you're this like normal guy. But then as a person talks to you, you realize that you aren't that kind of normal quintessential guy, <laughs> that you're you're like the representation of where I see a lot of men who start to ask those really important questions about, you know, life and why they're here and what is their purpose. And they start going a little deeper into connecting with themselves and they start to become so much more in tune with the world around them, with people, you know, more balanced, living that very embodied, authentic life. You know, I I really see you as like that where I see a lot of people who are going to work on healing themselves and becoming more true to who they are that they they're going to kind of become more like the version of you um <laughs> thank someone you. who's who's so connected it's it's really such a breath of fresh air you know to meet someone like that i really appreciate you for that so thank you that leads you so me much. you're very welcome that leads me to my next question how have you grown as a person kind of like an overall view how do you think you've grown as a person through shamanism or through all the different practices that you have you know participated in
2: on your journey uh, i think i have become more compassionate in general compassionate for the environment compassionate for other people anything outside of myself i think also that you tend to i tend to be more aligned with wanting to do good. For example, it started out with, let's say a nonprofit organization or creating job opportunities for people in the communities where I work with. Even now, when I'm practicing shamanistic rituals, I have a friend who was on antidepressants for six years and she decided to do a retreat with me. And actually she's a friend of my sister. So I knew her, but we weren't that close. And we had the experience. And maybe three months later, she. I, I'd be checking up on her and seeing how she is. And I'm, I was surprised that she's completely off her medications. And wow. that's not something we expected. So I think that just wanting to help people, I think being more selfless, that's one of the things I feel like has been so big in my growth. Being more loving and compassionate and that really revolves around the whole nucleus of my family and my own wounds that I honestly would not have realized in a, such a short span of time without psychedelics. I think psychotherapy might have gotten me there, but these things just really came up and realizing like how I treated people, how I would categorize or even have some discrimination towards some people that I wasn't aware of. So I feel like a lot of these layers have been melting away because of these experiences. It's really been very interesting seeing the different people I'm interacting with now versus the kind of people I was willing to let myself interact with before.
0: Yeah. When we change, the type of people that we gravitate towards changes as well doesn't it we start attracting a totally different type of energy in our life and i i find that our relationships become so much more better you know more meaningful more fruitful deeper in so many ways now tell me what comes next so you are training to be a guide aka a shaman and what will you do or how does this work like what's the future
2: I am currently studying a lot of books on rituals, psychotherapy with psychedelics. I am planning on studying psychology and counseling so I can integrate more science into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is merit to the ritual. There is merit to the spirituality, which is so important. But I think having a good science base to augment this would be highly beneficial to anybody. But the long-term goal is to have retreats. I want to develop a integration workbook. So I've bought a bunch of integration workbooks, psychedelic integration workbooks, which cause you to reflect on many aspects of your life. And it's not just the mental. So there's the mental side, there's the physical. So there's the environment, there's community, and there's spirituality. All these five things need to be in sync and need to be growing and need to be taken care of for you to be more connected to yourself, to be more connected to the wholeness that's already within. So I want to be able to provide people with that kind of an experience in a more structured way and provide support after the experience so that they can become better versions of themselves or the best versions of themselves and also deal with things that their ego has created, defenses to protect them against, whatever that may be.
0: It sounds amazing, you know, and I am I would totally be attending your retreats and your workshops and everything you set up. I feel very aligned with what you, what you say and, you know, all the things that you offer. Which brings me, Ziggy, to our last question. Okay. What is your Project Loving Myself mantra or message mm. for our listeners? Okay. Something you live by or something you would like to impart
2: to others? You are already whole. All you need to do is look inside to reconnect the wholeness that's already there. It may be a difficult journey, but if you're dedicated to finding balance in your life and becoming that version of yourself that you want to be, then take those steps. Either through meditation, you can go to therapy, you can go to ecstatic dance, yoga, whichever path you may take. Will lead you to that destination. And if psychedelics does call out to you, then you know where to come, you know who to come to. Okay.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Thank you, Ziggy. It was as fascinating a conversation, if not more than I expected. I knew we would uh, definitely vibe well on, on this call and that I would get to learn a lot from you. So thank you for giving me your time. I know how incredibly busy you are. You have all these different things, <laughs> you know, a lot of different businesses and, and passion projects. So I appreciate your time. If people want to learn more about what you do, if they want to follow you or get in touch, how
2: do they reach you? So for now, it's just my Instagram, Ziggy Gonzalez, at Ziggy Gonzalez. I am still in the process of developing a website and other forms of information. Instagram is the best way for the moment. I haven't set up a professional email yet since I am still building my credentials and learning more so I can do this properly.
0: Thank you, Ziggy. So we will um, be tagging you on everything. And, you know, I'm sure that you have this really successful future in front of you as a guide slash shaman. I'm not letting the shaman part go.
1: (laughs)
2: Okay. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be on this podcast.
0: Thank you, Ziggy.